Do you like having posters and supporting your favorite athletes? Well, the Athletic Collection gives you a chance to do that with the best posters in the game. They have many different teams with many different sports. Myself, as an LSU fan, I just got myself LSU baseball, LSU gymnastics, and LSU soccer posters to put up in the man cave. So get your posters today at the Athletic Collection, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter. LA Knight, congratulations. You outlasted every other man in the Slim Jim Battle Royal. How are you feeling? I know you're pacing around a little bit, but. That ain't nothing new. I told them all. Let me talk to you. Here we are, 50,000 strong out here, Ford Field. Everybody looking. Everybody looking at all those men fighting in that ring. Guys are getting tossed here, there. Hell, I almost got tossed once or twice. And guess what? Here I stand, hand raised, snapping into it. You know why? Because when you're talking Slim Jim, when you're talking Battle Royal, you know I got to go savage. And that's exactly what I did. So now, every single one of those guys, they fall to the side, and one man stands in the middle, and everybody's thinking to themselves, whose game is it? And you can hear everybody saying, L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah! What is up, everybody? You know what time it is. It's Monday night, and it is time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am your host, Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother from another mother, my partner in crime, Jim Cross. Jim, we got episode nine coming at you titled, It Doesn't Matter What Your Name Is, because we're talking wrestling, we're talking SummerSlam, but most importantly, we got two important guests joining us. We got professional wrestler Mike Reels coming back on to talk to us about his time, what he's got going on, and whose ass he's been kicking lately. We're also going to talk to four star sports owner and operator Wes Pruitt. Jim, let's get to it, man. I'm pumped. I'm excited. SummerSlam was this past weekend. We got a lot to unpack, a lot to talk about. So no better time in the present than to do it now. Let's ring the bell. Let's get in the ring and let's get it on. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week. Our men, our friends, Mike Reels and Wes Pruitt. We got a special edition of In Off the Bench. Our guest from Tennessee basketball is in Italy tonight. So what we did was we decided to take care of our host. If you know him well enough, you know he is a diehard wrestling fan. So we got him in the house tonight talking with Mike Reels from season one, all the way back three years ago, and his main man, Big Daddy Storm. Mike, been three years, man. How we doing? What's up, man? We're good. We're here. It's been how long? Three years. Three years, dude. It doesn't seem like that long. 
But in those three years, I watched <clears throat> you wrestle numerous times with this man, Big Daddy Storm. I watched him throw folks through tables, all sorts of stuff, put on a show. My son loves both of you. Storm, how we doing? Man, doing great. Thanks for having me on tonight. Yeah, absolutely, man. It is our pleasure, like I said. Daniel, how stoked are you? I'm pumped, man. There was a, a big weekend of wrestling, and anytime we get to talk to professional wrestlers or professional anybody, I feel super, super blessed, super grateful. But, you know, because it's wrestling, I, I have a, a little extra pep in my step tonight, baby. I heard that. Well, let's go ahead and start this thing off. Let's do icebreakers like we would with our normal guest. Mike, I'm coming to you first, man. You had your own talk show, Mike's Live at Night, whatever you call it. And you could have any guest. Doesn't have to be wrestling. Could be any guest anywhere on your show. Who's your first guest on your talk show? Oh man, dude. Well, you interviewed Joe Burrow, so I'm jealous. So but, you uh, you have Joey B. You know that's a good one. That's a good one, dude. That's a so that's a solid choice. I think you should be able to get the combo. I think you should be able to get Joey B and Chase though. And Jamar Chase. Okay. Okay. Uh, that would one up you a little bit. This one's going to make you think even harder. I hate to make you think. Yeah, I know you're from Strayhorn. I am from Strayhorn. If you had to pick three wrestlers, doesn't matter when they wrestled, from any time period, to help you survive a zombie <laughs> apocalypse. Who's Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> you need three. You can't have them three times, Mike. I, I mean – I think I could have just him, but we'll go with three. Um, uh, um, um, it's got to be quick. It's got to be quick, right? Uh, yeah. I'm taking Brock Lesnar all day long. I'm I'm going with uh, Bobby Lashley right now. Bobby Lashley today, and uh, give me give me Stone Cold. He Stone Cold. We're gonna drink some beers and kick uh kick some zombies' ass. You know. You know, this question wasn't going to be asked, Storm, but I'm going to ask him anyway. Who who would be your three? I'm curious because Mike's so caught up with Brock Lesnar. I feel like he didn't do the listing of justice. Oh, dude, I'm doing with the butcher because he ain't scared of nobody. There you go. He just ripped somebody up. He don't care about a zombie. There they wouldn't affect Abdul at all anyway. It'd have to be him. Um, oh, geez. Uh, probably the great Kabuki. He just be spraying mist in people's faces. <laughs> you, ain't to, you ain't getting to Kabuki. I'm like saying that. Brock Lesnar is a sniper, dude. He 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 hunts. I mean, the guys are. I just, I just want guys who can oh. manhandle zombies to just clear a path for me. So let's go old school one man game because he was so massive when he first started. Nobody could handle that man, but very few people remember that. See that that's what I needed, Mike. You were so caught up on one guy. I needed a squad. We got we got um, a squad you know, here. One man gang was like. So many different personas. Well, before he went to Hakeem, the African Dream, and those guys, he was awesome as one man gang. Yeah. I, I, I pretend that that those other guys don't exist in my universe. And they didn't. <laughs> oh they, man! Oh as a, man! As a kid watching it, it made total sense. But as an adult going back looking at it, it makes. Oh sense. yeah. Hi, Mike. Coming back to you. Who was your right. childhood celebrity crush? I know that was like last week. Oh man, man, what the hell? Childhood celebrity crush. 
I guess Miley Cyrus. I used to watch Miley Cyrus shows. That's the first. I, guess, I mean, I guess. Hey, that works for us, Mike. That's 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 a first for us on this show. That's Hannah Montana, dude. Not Miley Cyrus. Hannah Montana, dude. <laughs> Let's go with that. All right, Chad. Who you got? Oh, Olivia Newton-John all day long. Man, and, oh, the, age, and the age is exposed, baby. Dude, I don't even care. When, when, look, when she came out I'm in those tight sick. leather pants, that was done. That was it. Puberty hit quick. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chad. Not who are you surviving a zombie apocalypse with, but who is your favorite wrestler all time, period? Oh, dude. Hang on a second. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Get some video action. Oh, snap. This guy right here. Harry Von Oh. I grew up in Texas. I grew up in world-class wrestling. So, I knew the Von They were like rock stars down there. You didn't go anywhere in Dallas. They were, were rock billboards stars, everywhere. Man. They were just rock stars. And that's why I got into wrestling was because of those guys. All right, Mike. Give me anybody other than Brock Lesnar, for the love of God, to the answer this. Dude, question. I'm not. You know, Brock Lesnar is the is the sniper. He kills. He's killing zombies all day. He's he's, he's murdering everybody's oh. with with zombies. Uh, where's Tommy too good at? You're fired off this episode. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, you know, not. You're talking all time. You're talking all time. I'm talking all time. You know, I'm young, dude. I, I feel like if I'm going to say something crazy, you guys are going to laugh at me. Say it. Say it. The Even if it's not did. crazy, we'll still laugh. It's just more like influences, you know? Like, I had several influences, man. Like, uh, Dustin Rose was a big influence on me. Like, he just, when I was a kid watching just him work, dude, like his his in-ring stuff, it was like, you know, that's that's one of the was, guys. Was he Dustin right? Rose or Gold he's Dust? Old school now. Or was he old Gold Dust? Now. What's up? Was it when he was Gold Dust or before? Gold that? Dust, you know, into some of his TNA stuff. I watched all this stuff, dude. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. I watched all uh, this stuff. All right. Well, Icebreaker's over. Well, let's get into it. Big Daddy Storm, man. Talk to me. I see the championship belts behind you. Where are you wrestling at, man? For those who are listening, you know, what you got going on? Well, in Bluff City right now in Memphis, um, doing that, doing the whole TV thing up there. But we wrestle in OWO, APW. Uh, we've got our own company, Crossroads, that we're growing. We will be in Lewisburg, Mississippi, as a matter of fact, September 9th for our first yes, real sir. big show. Reels will be on that show. So yes, doing all sir. kinds of things, dude. I'm trying to stay busy and win championships wherever I go. That's what I'm trying to do. Collected he has been staying bells. busy. Jazz has been on one. He's been on one. So, Mike, last time I watched you, you had a belt for a really long time, but I noticed you don't have a belt. Where are you at, and why don't you have a belt? Did you watch TV last week? No, I didn't. You still got a belt, or did you lose it? He didn't watch the Town 30 last week. Robbery. Well, tell me, <laughs> well, just tell me where I can see you at. You say Channel 30. Tell the – We tell, got CW, oh, well, you, you, If you watch CW 30 this week – You'll see Mike Reels, Mr. Saturday Morning, the television champion. You'll see that. You'll see okay. it. Where's your belt? But you had you don't watch it. I've seen it, but no, you don't you ain't got it me. with you. A real champ like Big Daddy Storm has his belt with him when he comes on show the show. Him, show him the belts, Chad. Show him the belts. Is, is it show yours too? Is that yours too? 
Show him the belts. Why does he have your belt? <laughs> Why does he have your? Oh, that's mine, baby. <laughs> okay, so where's yours, mine. Mike? We're a video podcast now too. The people want to see a belt. I got, I got a system back here. <laughs> um, all right, Daniel. It's <laughs> Daniel, talk SummerSlam with with uh, Mike because Mike is killing me. I mean, apparently, you know, Big Daddy Storm's rules of wrestling, where he has his belts with him wherever he goes, don't pertain it's to Mike not- Reels. Mike Reels just kind of, it's probably in the front seat of his car in the floorboard. My bag's over there somewhere, yeah. man. No, it's all good, man. As, as long yeah, I as I see you got your bills, though. I got them. I got them. You know, I see. Ted, Ted DiBiase and I struck a deal. I'm going to hold on to the, the million dollar belt for a it's while. Nice. Yeah. It's nice. It's so, nice. And then the the Universal Championship. I'm not real sure what's going on with that anymore. It got so many belts in WWE. It's, it's, it's belts. I, I don't know. I really don't know. But. Guys, we got to talk. So, hey, well, one, one second. Speaking of that bill, who was the best champion to hold that universal title? The red title you got there. Mm, I like mean, no, Titus never held that belt, unfortunately. Uh, um, I mean, who held it at the time? I mean, it's it's hard to say. I mean, there right, were several people that held the the red I, universal. I. I like Seth Rollins and the way what he's done with himself. And when he was the champion, I think he did a good job. I think Kevin Owens did a phenomenal job um, when he had it. But if you're going to talk about championships, you got to talk about the guy who, who is the guy right now, Roman, right? So I think he's, he's by far done the most with all of the belts. Um, right. So- when you got multiple belts that you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with, how do you consolidate them? Then you ended up creating a heavyweight championship belt. And he was the last to hold the hold that title, I believe, right? Yeah. So, Roman, yes. So I think he he's done the most to maximize that title and kind of usher us into this new era with just the one. So. Um, yeah. So that's my answer. Long story short. I agree. I agree with it. I like it. But uh, you wasn't gonna say Brock Lesnar, I know. No, oh, I mean it's all good, man. But I don't know if Brock Lesnar is is a great champion. He's not a fighting. No. He just he defends oh, it as needed, you know. And maybe that's oh, not the, the case. And we'll we'll get into that. We, did, I, I we, we talked about how much I like the game. Well, I would I would bet on Big Daddy Storm to whoop Brock Lesnar. That's what I think. That's a good I bet. Think, I think. I think Big Daddy Storm will go into any match thinking he's the favorite and he's going to kick ass no matter what. Well, that's that a good bet. That is true. I do think I, that all I the time. I did see a video surface from years and years ago. should have saw his ago. last match. Oh, no, no, no. I saw a video surface from years and years ago where he took a pounding from a girl. First of all, untrue. I give the poundings to girl. I mean, to other <laughs> <people>. <laughs> <laughs> That was a whole different person. Yeah, so... That wasn't Storm. That was I know the video you're talking about. No, I I think I think Storm is a guy that's gonna give it as much as he can take it. And he's gonna he's gonna give everything he's got no matter who's in front of him. It could be Bobby Lashley, it could be Brock Lesnar, it could be the damn one man gang. He's gonna go out there and give him hell. That's why he's the champ. That's why he carries the belt. That's why he makes sure everyone has the belt, Mike. 
He ain't afraid. I, you know, he ain't hiding from the man. I got a lot of stuff on the brain, you know. I, I hear you, man. CW thirty this weekend. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have Jim record it and send it to me because I want to see if you actually are the 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 TV. So you can go. You can go back. They they show up right chat. They got they got them on YouTube. They show all episodes on YouTube afterwards. It's a thirty Oops. minute show. It starts at eleven thirty. It ends at twelve. I mean, uh, he's gonna you, go you can go back and watch all this stuff, man. Go back and watch all of it. I'm, I'm I ain't going back any. I'm going straight to this weekend. Okay, okay. Set it yourself. I want to know. Yeah, go go straight to the weekend. All right, okay. guys. Mike's a powder. He he ain't stepping away from nobody. Nah. Mike's a fighter, baby. So, SummerSlam, we gotta we gotta get into it. Um, I guess, you know, Storm, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you, man. Had a chance to watch. What is your initial thought of the show in general? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it in between? Was there something left to be desired? What are your initial thoughts on on it as a whole? I like the show. I mean, look, WWE as of late has really done well with their product overall. And then especially with their premium events, I hate even calling them that, but whatever. But they, SummerSlam was another good, it's one of their big four anyway, and they put a lot into it. And they, I think they probably picked mostly the right matches, except for one, not a fan of Rousey and uh, Shayna Baszler. I thought that match was subpar anyway, but as far as the rest of the show, man, the matches were pretty top notch. They were pretty good. Mike, um, WWE for, you know, up until recently has had this stigma of it's not very good creatively. The writing's not very good. And I don't know if it's just um, just trying to maximize the all of the talent or what the case may be. But like from your standpoint for SummerSlam, creatively, was it where it should have been? Was there things that you wish you would have saw or was it? you know, right up there with some of the best that you've seen. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I like what Chad said about the, the MMA-style match. It wasn't it wasn't ideal, you know. I think there was a lot – I thought it started off really well. I, I thought the show as a whole went in the direction you want, though, you know. I mean, as a whole. Uh, I thought I thought the little MMA match, it started off really well. It had a weird, wacky finish kind of, but it was yeah. just – not ideal of what you want, you know, like what what wrestling fans are looking for, right? But, uh, dude, Gun- uh, the Gunther and uh, Drew McIntyre match, to me, was, was man, dude, just the best match on the show, in my opinion. It was – they were laying it in. I mean, it was just uh, – th- the way they choreographed that was, was, was spot on, dude. I mean – uh, a show as a whole, I mean, that's that's you're in the right direction. I think. I mean, I don't think they're shows have you know bumps all the time, even the big ones. You know, I mean, uh, I think WWE's going in the right direction. They they have what fifty thousand over fifty thousand people in oh, attendance. Yeah. They upped they last out. year's SummerSlam. I went to last year's uh, SummerSlam. I think it was forty seven thousand in Nashville. Yeah. I mean, you upped the ante to almost sixty thousand this year. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, with WWE, it seems like they have their their finger on the pulse when it comes to attendance. They know what 
places and what venues they can have events where they can sell out. Um, oh, yeah. Ford, Field, Ford Field holds, you know, right at 60,000, and that's exactly what they had. Um, yeah. WrestleMania is the same thing, and they've extended to two days, and they figured out how to sell out both nights for not just a, a couple hours, but for like now what seems like five hour events, which um, I've been to a couple of WrestleManias here in Tampa and then in Orlando, and it is every bit of a five hour event. Like it, it's. Oh, yeah. You know, well, I went to SummerSlam last year in Nashville. It was, it was crazy, man. It was just, it was an experience. We, we actually won tickets on 98 1 and drove down there. We watched the Ric Flair match. Uh, the next day, uh, with Jeff Jarrett, it was it was really just just a fun trip. Dude. Just being a fan and like it was it was super cool. This year at SummerSlam, I, I don't know if they they upped it as far as the show, but the show was really good. And like I thought from start to finish, I mean even Logan Paul, I thought his match was good. I thought a lot of Logan Logan stuff has been good, man. I mean he's he he's worked for it, you know. He his his stuff looks good. Definitely. I think as a whole, it's one of the better SummerSlams that I've seen in a while. Um, I think a lot of it is because there's investment of characters, there's investment in storylines, and it's it's longer storylines and this long-term character development, which I like, but it may may not necessarily be everyone's cup of tea. People right. I mean, I like the the hey, Roman Reigns uh, Usos deal with the family and with the, the you know that's one of the only things I've been keeping up with. I don't really, I haven't really watched a lot of WWE recently. I used to be super zoned in, you know, but uh, uh, the the uh, the Roman Reigns family, the bloodline, the storyline, I've 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 kind of grasped that, you know. I've I've definitely been tuning into that for sure. Let's, if that's the only thing. Yeah, let's let's take the card, you know, match by match and kind of break it down. And I'll I'll get you know what I thought we could do is is get insight from professional wrestlers to talk about those matches, how it played out, and then maybe what's next. Um, but the, the first match on the card, SummerSlam opens with Logan Paul and Ricochet. And I think for me, this is fabulous cross-promotional marketing on Logan Paul's um side and WWE side because you put him in the first match you allow him to hop on a jet in his gear and go ringside to his brother's fight still in his gear promoting the fact that he's in WWE he's you know doing that whole thing and that's that's kind of what I think they envision Logan Paul and the reason him being there is to be able to do that cross promotional and you know he's money you know and I think Mike you said it said at best it's like he's actually earned it he's putting the, the time in he is a pretty good dude when it comes to being able to keep up i mean you see some some green you can't stuff. deny his stuff looks good man you can't yeah, yeah. his you know and, uh, at money in the bank he had a, a issue where i think him and ricochet just rushed the spot and because they really wanted to get it off um about killed themselves but you put them back in a match together at SummerSlam and you can tell that putting a guy like Logan with a guy like Ricochet it's like there's going to be a, a opportunity for big time spots and Jim I'll ask you man when it comes to 
like a Logan Paul or a Jake Paul, do you think as a, not a non-fan, but a guy who doesn't follow it as close, do you think having a guy like a Jake Paul or a Logan Paul, would that bring you closer to the product? Yeah, and to your point, because I did watch his brother in the boxing match. They showed him boarding the plane, leaving SummerSlam, and then coming. And so I thought that whole thing was cool. And so to your point, to maybe somebody who was viewing from my side who saw him, maybe said, hey, you know, uh, man, he's somebody I want to check out. Obviously had a a, a cool outfit. I obviously dig, uh, dig the colors, dig the fact that he was supporting his brother. So, yeah, it could be something that somebody who may not know anything said, hey, he's somebody I'd check out for sure. Absolutely. I'll play a little clip of what, what went down at SummerSlam between these two. Wildly. <laughs> Caught him that time with the elbow. Logan, second oh. rope. Caught ricochet. Oh, oh my goodness, what a Oh, that was a great matchup, but the ending sucked. Yeah, the the ending, um, (laughs) it was Logan Paul getting more heat. Obviously, he's a hated dude. Nobody likes him. Um, Gets one of his guys, brass knuckles, knocks out Ricochet, gets the one, two, three. Um, Storm, I'll ask you, man, is it – I want to start with Ricochet. Is Ricochet turning into a guy that's just a worker, a guy like Adolph Ziggler that may not hold a title for long, but you can put him in the ring with anybody and they're going to create magic? I think so because you you can count on Ricochet to give you a great match every time he steps in the ring anyway. He's just super talented. And a guy like that, unfortunately, will get pinned into a certain role where he's never going to move up. He's never going to move down. But you can rely on him. He's going to be your mechanic that's going to, going to come in. You can rely on this guy to give you great matches. They'll pay him real well to do just that. He highlight his athleticism. We'll always have a permanent home. I, I, Mike, with a guy like Ricochet, would you be willing to take the payday just to be a good worker and have that label thrown on you? Of course. Who wouldn't? Who would not, man? Who would not? Yeah, I, I don't know what's really next for Ricochet. Um, you know, I think he would – he's obviously got a got a spot, like you said, Storm, no matter what. He, he's a worker. For Ricochet, he's a man, he, he's – anything could be next, you know, really. Well, I, anything. I don't know if this is a good idea, but I think sending him down to NXT on frequent visits – and working with those guys to kind of expedite growth and put, you know, another big name in there. I think he could be a big time player there, but you put him in the ring with someone like Carmelo Hayes or Trick Williams, um, guys that can move around and do what he does. And I think you can create big time matches and you can, you know, when those guys are ready to move to the main roster, you have someone for them to start a feud with, but you also have their name already on the main roster and associated with guys that are there. So don't know if that's a, a good spot for him, but I could see Ricochet, like you guys said, doing just about anything. He could, man. Be, I mean, being his last match is Logan Paul. Like that's, that's a huge name, you know, that you're, that you're a guy, you know, he's not, 
he hasn't been wrestling long, but he's a huge name, you know. So that that automatically boosts Ricochet. He could he could damn near do anything on on SmackDown. You know, I think he's on SmackDown. I believe it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, we know Logan Paul is going to be at some type of PLE, some premium live event at some stage. I don't see him doing as much of the week-to-week stuff that he did leading up to SummerSlam. Um, but who knows? Like, if, if if he wants to make some money and make some good money and be consistent with it, then I guarantee you WWE is not going to not pay the guy. They'll have him there. Uh, he looks like he's here to stay. To he's put in the work, though. That dude has really put in a lot of work to look like he belongs. His impulsive podcast is huge, by the way. Hey, yeah, you're gonna put in work. I just I googled and you know I want to stay in the mix on this and look at Ricochet. Daniels, he's got more than eight abs. It's not it's not fair. Yeah, Rick, you should see the there are ten there. Like the dude can fly, man. Literally, like I mean, he walks the rope, walks the top rope, springboards off of it, backflips. Like even tonight, and I like I hate to get get off the subject of SummerSlam, but tonight he's in a fatal four-way and he does a dive over the top rope and he catches the top rope and propels himself from the top rope and like does a flip forward and only a guy like him can do something like that. And there's no like practicing stuff like that. If there is, it's very controlled, but like he's a guy that just does it and you don't think twice about it because he's ricochet and he can, Damn near do anything. So, and he's a lot safer. It's not very safe, but he's a lot safer than some of the guys you've seen. You know, the older, like your Evan Bournes, that guy. He 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 would tear his leg up every time. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. all the time. Like uh, he just the way he he bumps, you know, and lands, and he does things. He he's so smooth, man. He's like you. He's not killing himself in a way, but he's still doing this crazy stuff, you know. It's just – it's wild the way, you know. But you know the, big the way he operates, dude, it's wild. And the big difference, though, is that Logan Paul has personality. Ricochet doesn't have that big personality. And at That's the end huge. of the day, no matter what your moveset is, if you don't have a personality that connects with the audience, it really doesn't matter. And you get pigeonholed into doing this guy can do a lot of cool stuff like we were just talking about. That's huge. But where's his personality taking him? It's that's not huge. And and in a way, and really Logan carried that. I mean, he as did. far as his that personality goes, has elevated. He come in, and and, yes. Daniel, I that's even and I'll more tell you, impressive on Logan's part to me. Daniel, I'll tell you, and Storm is somebody who can since I've seen him wrestle, I don't know, but I think six times maybe. Um, he's definitely somebody who can understand personality. He makes sure that everybody in that building hated him. He would take the mic. He would make sure. I mean, he'd get in my son's face along with other all the other kids and piss them off. I was he he did the personality of the heel to perfection. Thank you. Appreciate hey, that. You gotta you gotta live it, man. I mean, they say the best heels are actually real real big assholes in real life. Oh dang! <laughs> what did you just say about you, Chad? <laughs> well, I'm gonna say he's probably not wrong. That's what I'll say. Is like, look if you look if you don't believe in who you are. And it's not somewhere close to the truth. You're not going to be real and genuine to people. People that's, know when they see me, it's like, I don't know if this dude's really an asshole or not. Yes. That's, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm getting at. In order to be believable, 
like you, you can't stray too far away from who you're not, you know? No. And I'm not saying that, you know, I, 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 I don't want to say you're an asshole. I'm just using the word. But you can say it. It's <laughs> I'm going to say it. But, but yeah, you, you want it to be believable and, and you have to somewhat eat, breathe, and live that persona if you're going to be able to portray it and get people mm-hmm. to believe in you. So, um, you looking at the card, going to the next match, you got Cody and Brock. And I know, Mike, you're, you're ready. You're ready to talk about your boy Brock Lesnar. I'm kind of – Dude, that was the uh, second-best match of the night. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head out for about – what do you think? It's about 15 minutes to talk for him to talk about Brock. Uh, uh, he ain't got to as much time on Brock. Brock gives <laughs> Cody the rub. He give him the rub, you know. Uh, I think I hear my wife calling me, Daniel. I'll be uh, back. If you don't know what the rub is, ask Chad. He'll explain yeah. it to you. I'll give you an example, Jim. Storm will. Storm will. Uh... And with this victory tonight, Cody Rhodes earned a measure of respect from the greatest combat sports athlete on the planet so cody you know hits crossroads three times he pens gets the one two three on brock um has beat him two out of three times and at the end of the match brock shakes his hand gives him a bro hug daps him up like it was a a sight that you don't i've never seen that part of brock lesnar before and i don't doesn't do that yeah i don't I don't know how I feel about that because in my head, Mike, I want Brock to be the destroyer of all people. Like, I don't want him to be friendly to people. I don't want him to shake people's hands when he loses because that's not who I picture Brock to be in my head. But at the end of the day, I'll ask you guys because you guys are pros. Like, is that off script? Is that given rub? Is that the way it was supposed to go down or is that Brock legitimately going, you know what, Cody, I like, you've done a great job here. Let me, let me show you some love. Like what, what is that all about? I think it's, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Agreed. I think it's Brock, a little bit of look, both. Brock's, Brock's a money guy. He understands business as well as, if not better than any of the rest of those guys back there. Everybody loves cowboy Brock. He's having the best time of his life right now. And they didn't want him to go – nobody really wanted him to go heel on Cody Rhodes. And they knew it was going to be a great match and a great matchup, and it has been. So mm-hmm. it was an easy way to get his face status right back. And people were cheering him anyway. You heard the pop he got out there and the way the band reacted. So it was, it was the best of both worlds, and it was a smart move on Brock's part because it helped Cody. It only elevated him even more. Cody's going for the championship, man. It's yeah. – uh. It's all it's and let's face it too. Brock's on the way out. He's he's forty. He's not you know he's not going to be in the game much longer. He's uh he he's putting that's what you call putting guys over, man. That's you know, Cody Cody said after his match with Brock that he had entered his final form as a professional wrestler, and that just sums the whole matchup and everything. Just the the rub the after you know. He he kind of did. He kind of entered his final form. I mean, that's this is this is him. You know, you're not gonna get anything more than this is Cody Rhodes. You know, I'm I love Cody Rhodes. I'd say my, my my one of my favorite wrestlers, biggest influences was Dustin. 
I love Cody. Cody is amazing in the ring. He's he's got that knack for, you know, just uh like we were talking about like the connection with the crowd, man. He's he's got all of that. Well, speaking of connection and what I love, I, I Googled and looked this one up too. Sign me up to wrestle uh Brandy Rhodes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, all day. Oh, yeah. I don't care nothing about Cody, but Brandy is is my kind of match. Sign me up. Jim, Cody's I, a phenomenal I, guy, though. He's just a good dude, and you know, I maybe so, but I want to wrestle with his wife. That's all I'm saying. I, I do want to ask you this, Jim. All right, hearing what we've said about Brock Lesnar, if in one year he comes back and he looks the way he does. What's your initial reaction? Is he going to kick kick somebody's ass? Like, I don't care. Like, age to me doesn't even matter when it comes to Brock Lesnar. If he looks the way he does, I'm going to believe that he can kill whoever, no if matter. You, if you listen to how the announcer even described him, right, as the greatest combat wrestler, that in itself just speaks about him, even in a loss, the way he described him. And then you just you listen to the three of you guys talk about him. Um, obviously I've seen him in the octagon. Um, so yeah, I mean, from what I know about him, seeing from him, um, he's the kind of guy that I would expect to come back and win and nothing less. So guys, Cody, Cody's, uh, now his mission is, is whatever the next step in the route to a championship or the championship. Um, the more that I watch, the more I'm, not as convinced anymore that Roman Reigns is the target for Cody Rhodes. Um, just tonight on on Raw, they're teasing him and Seth Rollins. Um, not sure if the heavyweight championship is the belt that he's talking about. Um, when he first came and he's like, I want to be a champion, something that my dad never had the chance to do. It's something that I want to get. Um, so, Storm, I'll ask you, man, is is Roman Reigns the target for him, or is it just acquiring any championship and just being considered a champion? Well, I, my my problem with the whole thing is that if Cody doesn't take the belt off Roman, who else does? Because Roman's waylaid and beat everybody and destroyed everybody in the WWE right now. He just has. You bring Cody in, Cody looks like the natural guy, and then instead of doing anything with it, you have to go and create a whole new belt for everybody else. What does that say about everybody else? That you go ahead to make a belt for everybody else because nobody can beat Roman. So that's somebody has to do it, and Cody has to be at the top of that list. Yeah, I think so. That's a, that's a match that doesn't have a whole lot of wear on the tires as far as them to fight. I mean, they they fought before, but there's not a lot of like back history and anything between them, like a Roman and Seth Rollins or a Roman and Kevin Owens or a Roman and anybody else, but. Mike, um, being the champion for the length of time that Roman has, has a lot of pluses because it creates a storyline and long-term storytelling. But the problem is just like Storm just said, is that you have to beat a lot of people to be the champion that long. And so now you come to the point where, well, who else do you fight? So I'll ask you um, really the same question. Is Cody that guy? Is he the next guy for, for Roman? Cody's that guy. I mean, um, he's got to be, you know. He's really – he's kind of got to be. And uh, it's just because – I mean, and I think it's all part of the 
it's it's all part of the big storyline, you know, like you were saying with uh with his you know, the his father not being a champion and that was his way of coming back. Of course he's not gonna come straight in and take it off of Roman. You know, he's he's gonna have to work for it. He's gonna have to fight for it. He's going to claw his way back up the ladder in WWE, even though he was there before and he rocked it and he won titles and he held, you know, tag team championships and was with Randy Orton for a few years. And, you know, it's his way of coming back up. You know, he lost to Brock, beat Brock twice. You know, uh, I think, of course, he's going for Roman Reigns. Of course. Win, though, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's that's the big question is – you know, obviously the the easy answer. I'm is sure it'll be a WrestleMania, WrestleMania type match, but you know who? What's next for Cody? What's next for Roman now? That's yeah. that's the that's the question, because I don't think it's going to be right away. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, after watching a little bit of, of Raw tonight, I still got to watch more of it, but I don't think that's what's next. And I honestly, I wouldn't even say they're going to have to do something. Because I think Roman's going to be the champion all the way to WrestleMania. But Royal Rumble is going to be that one thing, like, does Cody win the Rumble? Like, is that part of his, like, earning the ability to fight him and Roman not having a choice at that point? Um, Maybe. That's, Maybe. That's, that's a that's a long way. I don't think Roman is done with the, with the story and the family, you know, the yeah. bloodline story. I'm not yeah, sure after, if that's over with. No, and we'll get to that towards the end, but I think you're right. There's there's a lot of layers to this this family bloodline story, and now we've just peeled back another layer of this story between Jimmy and Jay, and we'll, we'll talk more about that, but I want to move on to the Battle Royal. Um, obviously, in big events like this, you want to get guys screen time. You want to get them you know, shown, um, but, you know, my guy. Yeah! L.A. Knight <laughs> is just – he's hot right now. They they did something that I think that they should have done, and I was surprised because WWE has been notorious for taking guys who were, you know, starting to get the push from the crowd, and they've kind of cooled them down, and they waited a little bit too long to try to make a push. But I think having him win keeps him, like, hot – but also they've got to figure out, well, what does that battle Royal win mean? Does that mean U S title? Does that mean something else? Um, on Monday night raw, he's talking shit back and forth on with the Miz. So to me, I, I, I want to see him in a picture. I just don't know where that is just yet. Um, and it might come to fruition when, you know, Santos Escobar and Austin theory, um, meet up on SmackDown because that'll be for the U.S. title. Um, so maybe he filters into that once that little feud is over with, but we'll see. Um, I'll ask you guys the Battle Royal, Storm. Have you ever been in a Battle Royal before? Way too many. Way too many? Have you Have you won? That, so, yeah, I won a few. Yeah. What, what is fun. it? What what is it like? Like, is it just controlled chaos, or it's is it chaos? It's stupidity. Yeah. It's there's there's a bunch of everything in there, dude. It's battle royal. I like the Royal Rumble style battle royals. If I'm gonna ever be in one, I've been in four of them, and I love those type of matches. But just a regular battle royal, it's just chaos. Guys are throwing wild kicks and punches and 
trying to toss people over. Then you see some guys walking around like zombies because they don't know what to do, and it's ridiculous and it's stupid. And but watching like, but when you see it on the level that the WWE does it, you you see a lot of what they do. And sometimes they don't mean anything. Like I'm not a fan of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I'm just not a fan of it. But when it means something, and you can get a guy over like LA Knight, who the fans are clamoring for. You can do battle royals right where they actually have stakes and they mean something to the fans. And at SummerSlam, it did because everybody wants to see that dude succeed against what everybody inside may have wanted. LA Knight just came out and proved himself with, again, with the it factor. He's connected with the crowd. They're looking for the next Stone Cold. Not to say he's it, but he is not afraid to go out there and talk and get the crowd on his side. And you don't have to be the best technician in the world if you can do that. I mean, he is still good in the ring. Let's be honest. Stone Cold wasn't a, the greatest wrestler. No, no, not no, at all. But he, he was he got over with the crowd. He fucking did. You like know, the clip you sent me the other day between him and the Rock. Just, yeah, I mean, it's he was a guy that was known as just a, an ass kicker. And it wasn't like this finessing ass kicking. It's just like very just basic punching and kicking. Like, yeah, hey, hey, look, Daniel, in that, in that, Flip you sent me going back and forth between him and The Rock. I love The Rock, remember, but I didn't watch him wrestle. But I love him for everything about him. But if you sent me that clip and I had no knowledge of The Rock from football or from movies or anything else, I would tell you who I would want to win between that interaction. I would tell you with Stone Cold because that clip sold me because he talked that talk and talked shit and made him look stupid. Yeah, when you got The Rock and Stone Cold – and they both got a stick and they're back and forth with each other. And you can one up that guy or the other guy, like, you know, you're good on the mic. Like, cause those dudes were some of the very best. Um, so moving past the battle Royal, it, it was, you know, LA night gave him a chance to, to, you know, continue that push. Hopefully, you know, there's going to continue with something of value or substance moving forward. But we mentioned it earlier, the Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler match, the MMA style. And I don't think there's too much to discuss because I think really what they wanted to do was to let Ronda get some time off and kind of move out of the picture. And maybe she comes back, maybe she doesn't, I don't know. But there was nobody in, in the in the picture at the moment to do that other than a Shayna Baszler, because there was a storyline outside of WWE that they could have, that they created um, because it was there. What I will say is a lot of reiteration to what you, Mike and you storm said about this, the rules of this match being an MMA style match is that it was, it's hard to script a MMA style match for public consumption because when you punch people and you kick people and you submit people, like it's real, like, and in this sense, it's, there's a level of it that it was just a lot slower and it just didn't resonate with me. I think it didn't resonate with a lot of people. And I think it really missed the mark. I would have preferred more of a, a traditional wrestling match and then them ground and pound each other and, and, maybe even a submission match, if that's how you want to end it, then all right, show us what you can do. Let the rules be submission match, and then 
the whole time you're trying to put them in some type of submission. That way, when you do put her in the Karafuda clutch and you do get her to submit, like, it means something. That's how you win. So Dude, that's... I agree. I think a classic submission match would have worked great right there. Uh, I mean, um, I did like how they started out. I thought it was kind of cool. I was wondering the whole time, like, where is the corner guys? Where Where is the five-minute mark? Are we going to have three rounds? Are we fighting to the death? What are we doing? Yeah, what do we got? What do we got going on here? I I remember um, Jeff Jarrett did that with I think Kurt Angle or somebody. I can't remember who it was. He had an MMA style match on uh, TNA Impact Wrestling, and they had the towels. They had the corner guys. They had the you know in between the round, like when five minutes was over, it it was you know they were sitting in the corner. You know they just um, they played it way better, and it was still goofy. People talk shit about it. You know, it was a little goofy, but you know, yeah, it's, I thought uh, they started really well, like the match itself. And when it got going, I was like, "Hey, this is different." But as it went, they were throwing the the MMA, like the punches, and it, the finish was weird to me. I thought the finish was weird. Yeah, I think when you don't lock up and you do a lot of like, like fainting at one another and like. They were doing these weird, around, like, uh, like, they were doing, like, the judo lockups, you know? They were doing uh different things, which I thought was cool. But, like I said, you know, if you're going to do an MMA match, let's do a five-minute. Let's, let's take a break in between. Let's get the corner guys. Let's get everybody in the in. Let's sell it like it actually is an MMA match. Let's, right. Let's, let's bring the cage from the top of the ceiling. Let's lower oh, it. Yeah, they can yeah, do so, yeah. Let's do something, man. Um, yeah, but that that led into I think what you guys have, have, have called the the best match of the night. I demand all your for your intercontinental heavyweight champion. He is the longest reigning intercontinental champion of the 21st century, and Corey, he's just 42 days away from overtaking the honky tonk man as the longest reigning the honky donkey man. <laughs> so, Gunther, um, Storm, you you can go back a long ways to honky tonk man and, and just the intercontinental championship itself. Does it mean something with a guy like Gunther who's going to break that record? Because, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's any way he doesn't break that record. It means something because Gunther is so believable. This dude, there's your next heavyweight champion right there. If you want to put something on the line and make some good, great stories if magic happen, it's Gunther. You put him in there against Seth. Let that match yes. go. Let those stories happen. Move Cody with Roman and whatever you're going to do. But Gunther – He's your next huge star in the WWE that who, who's going to take out Gunther? Nobody's been able to do it yet. The dude is super physical. That guy, 
he he's your man right there. You you put him in a match with Drew McIntyre, and you know Drew McIntyre's like he's physical. And he's, yeah, it was magic. I thought it was. Like, yeah, it's wow. such a great match. It was. I mean, it really wowed me. Like I was like, oh man. I was so, I got uh, just the Still shots fun. they were laying in and how you know tight they was, man. It's just the one that, thing that, ask... uh, that finish Drew does insane. Yeah, insane, dude. So, Storm, I'll ask you as as a heel. All right, is Gunther a heel? Oh yeah, through and through, because Gunther cares about Gunther. Gunther doesn't care about you. He don't care about anybody else. He cares about winning and winning only and nobody else matters and nothing else matters. And you can say how you're the best all you want to, but I'm Gunther. You can't beat me. You know, you can't beat me and I'm going to do whatever it takes. People hate guys like that. They absolutely do. He's a pure heel an old school at that. I do think they could take some old school wrestling with just Imperium in general and him and really put that U.S. versus foreign insert country and, oh, yeah. and have, like, Iron Sheik, like, heel heat and just absolutely hate the guy, but he's the champion, and it's like you have to respect it because the guy's good. Like, he can flat-out wrestle and get it done, and, like, he's aggressive. And when he chops somebody, like, he lets them have it. Like, it's, it's, it's real. Jim, this dude – when he chops you, he would bring you to tears, man. He would make you just crumble at your. Dude, the first couple he threw on Drew, Drew's chest was was bleeding. He had, I mean, he had marks all over. I mean, I mean, he just kept ripping into him, ripping into him. I mean, the dude's chest was blood coming. I mean, that. I wish I could remember man. at one of y'all shows somebody slapped Malachi so hard, and then he showed me the marks out back afterward. And I was like, my God, I would have punched, look, I would have punched whoever, I can't remember who slapped me. It might have been one of y'all. I would have punched you in the face. (laughs) How, Mike, how much pain does that create when somebody who lays it in like like that, and maybe not to the level that a Gunther does, because he's like, he's, he's laying it in hard. It's not like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but... To me, oh like- yeah, dude, I've seen some one, some some good ones in person. Like, uh, uh, you remember uh, Big Daddy V Viscera? I I did a couple shows with him uh years ago, dude. He I watched him just rip a guy named V Man. Uh, he's he's from a Memphis area. Uh, variant. He rips his shirt off of his chest and just um tells the crowd to sh- and just lays the I mean probably the craziest job I've ever seen in person. It was wild, man. I mean, a big guy like that coming that that's it's uh you can't describe it, man. It's it's uh you know I, I, I don't like Charles personally. The next the next shower that you have, it's miserable. But I'm the type of person I don't I don't like chops, I don't really do them. But I'll give them back. You give me what I'm giving. I'm, I'm giving you back all day. Gonna write receipts for those things for sure. I'm all day long. Because Jim, that's what happened to Malachi. That's why he had those marks on his chest that night. <laughs> yeah, that. Hey, sign me up for the guys who uh, who will take the the beatings like that. 
Uh, I do know, Chad, for a fact that it was you who put them through the double chairs, and those marks were legit. I called <laughs> Daniel. Daniel, you remember I called you that night, and I said, look, somebody try to tell me that this stuff ain't real. I said, I seen dudes back. I was like, he put him through those chairs. Yep. Look, man, it's – you can't – you can't convince me that anything that you guys do is not real. Like you just well, we all know it's scripted. We all yeah, one of the one of the worst chops I ever had. We were actually like in we were actually in a battle royal in uh, Ripley, Tennessee, and it was uh, Psycho from the Asylum, man. And uh, he was he was in the match, and it was several people in the match, and he just grabs me in the back of the head and just pulls my head down. And just lays one in between the shoulder blades, dude. And he that was his favorite one. He loved to do that. To people. He would back chop that shit. And I mean, I, I think I had a handprint for like three or four days, dude. In between my shoulder blades, dude. Feels bad. Man. You guys don't know Psycho, but you should look him up. He he was rest in peace. Yeah, he was, he was a beast. He was a beast. So we, we move on the card to the heavyweight championship match. Seth and Finn. I you know, I, I think Finn Finn Balor is caught in this in between like he's like the I don't know, he's kinda like the, the cog in the storyline that moves it forward or backward, but he's not really the main guy. And I think that he just happens to be caught up into this long-term story that's going to play out between Damian Priest, it seems like, and Seth Rollins. Finn Balor is just kind of in the middle as a piece of the story, but I think at some point he's got to do something, and I think that becomes his story with Judgment Day. Does he stay with them or does he move away? Um, the, the match itself, I mean – Seth Rollins, you know, the, the crowd chants his music for 10 or 15 minutes and then they, they get the match going. Um, you know, I think the way that they drew back to the first Universal Championship match that they, that Finn won, but then had to give up and relinquish the belt because he was hurt. They were able to do that buckle bomb on the outside where Finn gave it back to Seth, paying it back. That was good. Um, but inevitably, you know, Judgment Day comes out. They get caught up in that. Finn Balor takes a curb stomp to the Money in the Bank briefcase. Seth Rollins wins, and it, 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 the match ends not with the focus being on Seth Rollins, who just retained the championship, but really with what is going on between Finn and Damian Priest, which is this ongoing saga. So, Mike, I'll ask you, when it comes to something like this, are is it getting redundant like every week where it's it's Damian Priest, Finn Balor? Is Finn going to do something to him? Is he going to leave the Judgment Day, or is actually Damian Priest and them going to actually figure this out? Right, I think that's that's the question. That's the that's the story that we're playing out. I don't think I think we're going to go into a, a Finn and. Uh, Damian Priest matchup very soon. The way it's looking, but Finn Finn is just one of those guys. Like we were talking with Ricochet, you could throw him in any kind of angle. He's gonna he's gonna strive, man. Like he's gonna 
whatever role you put that guy in, he I mean, he's he's uh he's different, you know, but he's good. He's a good different, I think. But here here's here's a little recap of that match. As Judgment Day looks on, Damian Priest take it out. Rollins takes out Priest and a kick for Dom. Yeah, that idiot Tony Dom just suffered a stop by Rollins. Slip way. Seth took his eye off the ball and Finn is going to make him pay. Finn going up to the top rope. Finn looking for the win. Tour de Gras. Battle for the World Heavyweight Championship. Dicked out by Rollins. I thought it was over. Yeah, I, I, I thought it at that moment I thought, oh, this is this is over. And we're gonna have this now, this new storyline with Seth trying to chase and, and get his rematch and you know go go that whole route. But kicks out and then the you know, inevitably, you know, he ends up winning. But um there's a lot of little small intricacies to this storyline that I this is one that I wish would wrap up. I don't know if it's that I'm not. Yeah, I didn't like – I don't – well, first thing, I don't like all the war paint we got going on. Like, R- Ronda and and, uh, and Shayna Baszler, they had the war paint on. Uh, Finn's got the seven, you know. They were like, oh, look at his tattoo. His tattoo wore off in the first five minutes of the match. He, he's got the seven on his on his shoulder. It's, what do you it's, what do you think? It's weird. I didn't get the the jacket. Like who remembers Seth Rollins wearing the jacket on Raw? But when he when he when he uh when he walked by Finn laughing or whatever. Like that was just weird to me. I, yeah, I think it takes a lot of work on like Michael Cole to be able to bring you back to the story to understand why that is. And if you got to dig that deep, I think you're trying too hard. Yeah, you're you're trying to. I think so, dude. You're trying too hard, man. Who who remembers the 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 black and yellow jacket? Yeah, he comes out. He's got the pink tights on and the crazy, you know, uh, tire his entrance stuff. And he and underneath he's got the red. I mean, the the black and yellow jacket and from years ago or whatever. And that's that's really the issue with that is that Seth Rollins is so eccentric with what he wears on a day-to-day basis that when you put something simple like just a leather vest with yellow writing, it's like, well, it's lost in all the other outrageous shit that the guy... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't get that That's from him either. I thought the match was great. Yeah, the, the I, I was a good. Yeah, I, I think they they are, are two guys that can put on a, a five-star match whenever they want to. Um but I, I think it I'm does ready. seem like a thrown together build up. Like, let's put these two guys in there. We know they can work well together. We know they're going to have a phenomenal match, you know, but let's just kind of, you know. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Judgment Day, I think is what it is. I think I want like a Bullet Club version of Finn Balor that I'm not able to get with an AJ Styles. Like, combination whether that's a feud or them working together um i'm not a fan of rhea ripley leading those guys because i just to me it just seems off i don't know like and i think it all started with edge creating it and then being 
like quickly dismissed from it. And now these guys are on their own to kind of figure out what exactly judgment day. Is. I think judgment day is about to end up being a three piece with priest and, uh, you know, Mysterio and, and Ripley. Uh, I feel like priest is probably primed up for, uh, for that, uh, heavyweight title, maybe. And he's yeah. got the briefcase. That's a that's a powerful tool, and we all know, like, at some point, chances are, like, Priest doesn't strike. And that's where you go into maybe him and Finn, you know, and do something different because you got to do something different time to time. Yeah. Priest doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to cash in and not win. It's not like a Miz. It's not like a, a Baron Corbin, um, even though I think Baron Corbin is amazing. As Which we say that, and he very well could cash in and not win. Right. So, we'll, we'll Finn Balor, you know, that, that's that's kind of the wedge in the storyline. You know, Finn, he could cash in, Finn Balor, cost him, you know, anything there could happen. I think you got a lot of options, you know. That is true. As far as that goes. And then, then you go into the Finn and, and Damian Priest match, you know, with or without the title, more likely without. Or a maybe like a number one contenders match, maybe. Um, the the match, uh, the next match was the women's championship match. It was a, a three way match with Bianca, Charlotte, and Oscar. Charlotte, the goat. Charlotte the is goat. the best. I, I even in my notes put in in my notes that it's not even close. And I, it has no, like, bearing, like, Bianca is good at what she does. Asuka is great at what she does. But even I though – I love Bianca, man. She's she's so entertaining to me. I, I like watching her, you know. She's even good. those two, you can tell Charlotte Flair is just better. She's just better. Just um, naturally gifted. Yeah, naturally gifted. Gets it. She's got the right look, the right body. Like, she just – Kills it. The one thing that I'll say about this match, and, and I'll, I'll play the clip and then, then we'll, we'll, we'll unpack it. Out Charlotte, take it out Oscar. Get out of here, Bianca. Briefcase to Bel Air. Io Sky to the bad knee with the briefcase. And out off the face of Bel Air. The WWE Women's Champion. Is EO Sky of damage control? So EO Sky cashes in her briefcase. She's the women's champion, which hey, that's that's why you are that's why you win money in the bank is to, to have opportunities like that. But what I'll say is I feel like I was duped. Like I watched a match that I thought was a really good match between three really good women's wrestlers, only for it to be a non-factor at the very end. <laughs> like all of that didn't matter at all. And and that's fine. That's how it goes. But, um, you know, I don't know it, to me, and this is just me, maybe you guys can give me some better perspective because I've never been in the ring. I, I don't know what it takes to be a champion. But to me, EO is going to be kind of just like a placeholder for the next champion, whoever that might be, which inevitably is just going to be a placeholder for Charlotte Flair to win win it again. Um, you know, I don't, I think 
maybe Survivor Series. I don't think payback coming up, or I think there's maybe another overseas live event. I'm not sure, but either way, prior to, to Survivor Series, I don't, I don't, EO might be the champion up till then, but I don't think too much past that. I definitely don't think she makes it to Rumble being the champion. I don't think she's going to be the champion that people are going to want to seek out if, if they win the Royal Rumble for WrestleMania. So that makes me believe that she's just kind of a placeholder. Obviously, Bianca's going to have some say in that. She's going to feel like that she was going to win that match. Um, you know, Charlotte Flair, obviously, being the best, could have some claim at that. But there's other people that really just, you know, other women's wrestlers that have, you know, I'm, I'm ready for Becky Lynch to be done with Trish Stratus, even though I don't mind looking at Trish Stratus on a, on a, <laughs> but like at some point, what are we doing? Um, Bailey, like, when is Bailey ever going to wrestle again? Like, I just don't like, I don't feel like all of damage control is hurt and EO is winning championships while Bailey's just kind of a sidekick. You know, the sad part is that it is a true Charlotte Flair problem because she is so good. You're struggling to get everybody else up to her level, and you just you can't make it happen. So they're having to keep her away from the belt to try to legitimize some of these other women who it, – it is ridiculous, the disparity in talent between Charlotte. And I love Becky Lynch. Oh, yeah. And I love Bailey. They are great. Same thing with uh, Bianca. But nobody's just on Charlotte's level to the to such an extent that it is hard for WWE to figure out what to do with this women's division right now because it's kind of unfair. Charlotte, which is why you kind of should see be that your Roman Reigns cycle. of the female division. Easy, no one should if, touch her. If you go back to when we did our our wrestling draft, I read y'all back Daniel's list. Um, he was the only one that chose a female wrestler, and it was his third pick off the board and. For me, who's not watching, he told me then, three years ago, how much of a badass she was. So you sit here and say this, speaks to what he did then. He said, give me her third of my picks over all these other dudes. Yeah, she just she is great. And that's unbelievable for somebody who never even wanted to be in the business. Well, we all pulled a Jackie Fargo. Hey, women. Well, that's right, right? Yeah, hey, But she's phenomenal. Yeah, she's all aspects, she has it on every level, and that's what you want your champion to do. She is. It's kind of why you see that same cycle of women like Asuka and, you know, when Sasha was there, you always saw Sasha and Flair because those were like her best matchups. You know, the ones you can put in there and go with her, you know. Is this like one of the conversations we have with these athletes in football, baseball, basketball, whatever, where the family gene pool is just unfair? Yeah, well, so – I don't think it's the gene pool. I just think it's the understanding of the business. And yeah, I'm sure opportunity to be around it has a lot to do with her success and her dad. And like, but outside of her dad. Yeah, David Player sucked. He was like the worst (laughs) prodigy ever. But like outside of her dad, like she puts in a ton of work to this. Like, and it shows. She could probably rest on the laurels of the last name of Flair and be a great women's champion, and but she would just be another female in the division. Unfortunately for her, 
there's a persona that she has to live up to. And thankfully she wants to live up to that. And she does a great job at that. And she's, you know, like Storm said, like she's kind of the blessing and the curse in, in her own right, because she's so good, but like, who, who's going to, who's going to compete with her. It's almost to the point where, and I'll ask it's the you, Roman Reigns look, huh? do you have to put her in the ring with a male? No, I don't think so either, even though I've read that on, on numerous, you know, sites and message boards is, well, if you want her to be more of an ass kicker or more believable as, as having competition than put her in with a male. And I'm just thinking, eh, I, like, I don't, that's not believable to me. If you have like, even those intergender tag team matches that they have are, are silly to me because if, the female tags the male, then they have to just switch places and it's just weird. So, but I do know in like maybe like impact and other, other wrestling organizations, they do have females fighting males. Um, I was looking at this picture of her, Daniel. I mean, and she's well-built. I mean, is she legit slamming folks around? Yeah, but I mean, it's not just that, but technically she's good. She's powerful. She's big. She's just, does it all? Yeah, yeah so athletic. she she well, does. Would you say Ashka? I saw the picture uh, when I googled the picture. Is is she short or is is Charlotte that tall? Charlotte's Charlotte's that tall. Charlotte's big. She's got a she's got a impre- crazy build. Her build is different. She's definitely Again, different. Genetically gifted, she is. Definitely. And that and that was why I asked that because. It always seems to be like we'll talk to it doesn't matter what sport. So we're talking about wrestling now, but like where there's the the father, son, or daughter, or you know, whatever, and it's like, okay, you know, like my dad didn't give me Jack. <laughs> like and they they got everything. So Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you, but she she's got it all, man. Like if you were to watch her in three matches against three different opponents you would come away going, she's good. And and you wouldn't have to see her anymore, and you would know. You know what I need to see from her, Daniel, then? Um, was that the second Royal Rumble where Flair came in first and won? Nah, it's probably like... Is that 92? 91, 92? Yeah, something like that. I need, all right, what's, she needs to pay homage to your dad since she's such a badass, and she needs to be the first one in there and survive everybody else. Go all the way. Charlotte. So hold on. When when did Flair when did Flair come out? Chad, can you help us out with this? Which one, Rick or Charlotte? Rick Flair. Well, I don't think it was number one though, was it? He, he came out, out one. He came out. Well, he came out one or two. That no, one. he came out one. That was back out. when I watched. He came it. out he one came and out. went all the way because he went coast to coast. Right in the WWE. Saying. That was yes. no, or WWE. Right after he got there, so he got there and had to fight his way up because Hogan. Actually helped him win because I of thought ben, I thought Chris Benoit was actually the only one to come out number one and actually win. Can we still talk about him? I think Sean's done it too. <laughs> I mean, I thought he was the only one. No, I <laughs> no. I don't, are boy, you sure? Your boy Gunther almost did it this past year. Yeah, yep. yeah. I think Ray Mysterio come out like two one time, didn't he? And one. I think so. I believe. I, so. I, I know that was back. That was back when I was all in. Um, and yeah, he he went 
he went from yeah. Came he, in he, did he come in at three? Okay, yeah. yeah he eliminated three. Sid Justice to you know thing. Either way, he lasted one hour and two minutes and two seconds. It's crazy time, crazy time. And he was fighting the entire hour. He took dude. They, we David, you were talking about these guys and the beatings that they take that are legit. Like to wrestle around for one hour, dude, and take some of the licks that he took, dude. The stamina, bro. Storm, let me ask you because I I feel like I heard this somewhere. During territory days, they would have main main event guys. And they would just go and they would be like, you have an hour, you go wrestle an hour. And like, they would go to the next town and they would be the main event and they would wrestle an hour. Like, yep. was that like a normal thing back then is just to bounce around and, and, all right, you got an hour, give me what you got, put on a show. Yeah. And they'd do two shows a day like that on the weekends. Damn. They'd wrestle an hour earlier, they'd drive two out to another two or three hours to a town, do another hour, Damn. same day. But that was the norm back then. You don't see that anymore. But All back right. then, fans ate that up. Of course, you're using a headlock for 20 minutes. So how do you build up? Is just the wrestling itself how you build up the stamina? Or how do you build up stamina to be able to, to wrestle around for an hour twice a day? It's the wrestling. Because yeah. because wrestling, you're – I have people all the time – we talk about cardio because you're a gym guy too. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, all you got to do is get on a treadmill. It's not the same. Cardio, you train cardio differently from whatever sport you're doing. It's all different because your body reacts different. With wrestling, it's not just moving. You're lifting. You're exerting energy. Energy's being beat out of you. So it's a different kind of stamina that you have to endure. Gotcha. It's not it's like track a different and field shape, like where you're just a runner. It's definitely a different shape. It's like, yeah. Jim, when you – like, if you were to go and play half-court basketball as opposed to full-court basketball, like the running and the, the angles and the jumping is like, you just feel different. We talked about that. You The next day, you can't get out of bed. You play full-court. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never been in a wrestling ring, even though I would – I don't know. I say I would like to take a bump. but Mike, sounds like we got to get him in a wrestling ring is what it sounds like. Come back, come down. Mike play, tried, come hang Mike out tried to get me down in there to wrestle. Uh, what's the old boy who ran the redeemed? Ron? Yeah, uh, Ron started talking smack, telling me to come get in the ring and wrestle. And Mike was like, "Please do it, please do it." Please. I, I told <laughs> I told Mike if I yeah, but I was like, I don't know how to like hold back. I'm gonna try to hurt somebody for real. So Randy needs to come down, and you guys get together, and you guys come down. We got the ring set up in cold water. You guys yeah. come on. Well, you're take coming. Some to, you're coming to my town now. Lewisburg is five minutes down the street. I'm there more of a. We'll bring I'm the ring from cold water to Lewisburg. I'm more of a manager. I'm more of a like help help Big Daddy Storm. You want to be my We're manager? Just fulfill hey, that you're dream. always you be welcome my manager, to, buddy. Man, you want to take I'll, the bump? Let's take the bump. I, I but if I'm going to manage, then I got to at least take a bump, man. You got to like take the bump. That's that's part of, for sure. You have to experience it. It's nothing like you ever think it is. I, oh, I'm sure it hurts like hell. I'm sure right. it's it's like you guys are calloused to to the bumps, but. I'm sure you probably get caught, caught off guard by some too. You know, it's. Oh, yeah. Well, when I first started, I was bumping on gym floor with two layers of carpet on it. Oh. So, yeah. That so is that's kind of how truth. my body reacted to the bumps. You know, and there's, there's no other way but to react. You're falling on the floor. Hmm. Yeah, I would be very apprehensive. And I think that's what would, would 
would heat me up because I don't think he can be. I think he just got to commit to it. Well, you, you know? look at it though, because y'all interview a lot of athletes, man, and that and you see it whether it's baseball, football, soccer, basketball, whatever it is. Y'all interview so many athletes. We have had a ton of like professional football players come out, pro players, muscled, thick, in excellent shape. Do this, get in there, bump one day, and you never see them again. Like y'all are stupid, y'all are crazy. I ain't doing this. So quit. Because it is different, and it is painful. And hey, I, I hate to throw for that. I hate to throw my boy T under like this, but my boy T came, Jim. My boy T came and got in my ring uh, years ago. This is years ago. He he gets in the ring and he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna try. We're gonna try." He takes a couple bumps and he gets out. He never steps foot. <laughs> he he took two bumps in the ring and he never got so, back. So he, so he was like he was like Nate. He was like Nate awkward in the the boxing ring. <laughs> he said, "I'm not doing this. You can have it." But you know what? That boy can lift anything. Oh yes. yeah, yes he can. Yes. That that brings us to the main event of SummerSlam, and and it went down a little something like this. Uso splash. The raid is over. Jimmy, what the hell did you do? Michael Cole is really good. Michael yes. is good. Really golden, damn. dude. He's one of the best. He's one of the best. So, I couldn't stand him when he was young into the business. He was he would get on your nerves so bad, but man, he has really carried that place. My least favorite Michael Cole was that really heel, like always. Oh, yeah. Wired, was and that was my least favorite Michael Cole, but man, he is. He's he's phenomenal. Well, he was he was backstage doing interviews for a, a long time. He wasn't yep. like ringside doing commentary. And now, like that's like he's almost Jim Ross. Talk about a guy that has right? earned his spot, man. Has came from the bottom up for real. Definitely. So coming from, from the real. bottom bottom up. Um, yes, Roman is the champion still. Jay, you know, Uso splash off the top ropes, has him pinned. Jimmy masked up, pulls him out, super kicks him, and throws him back in the ring. Roman spears through the table. One, two, three. Right. Roman retains. You know, obviously, I think everybody, what I loved about this match is that you knew Roman was going to win. But there were multiple times within the match where you go, oh, shit, he is not going to win. And that's what I loved about this because despite, Especially the very end there. Yep. Despite what you think is going to happen, they have a way of making you feel like, oh, well, maybe something else could happen. I think that's the magic of, of pro wrestling right there is just you – know, that's why as an adult I still love watching it and it takes me back. And as a kid, that's what I fell in love with is – rooting for my guy, and when they look like they're going to lose, you know, they figure out how to, like, you know, give give them the, the finger and then, you know, the big boot leg drop or you start getting punched and you start shaking the top rope and you warrior and, you know, press guys. And it's, like, that's what I love. And, and so um, great way to end SummerSlam. I enjoyed the match. I and enjoyed the new layer. Um, obviously now you got a Jimmy and Jay feud, two brothers 
Um, what I will say is, is you know, what does that do for Roman? Does he get some time off until a Survivor Series, or are they gonna like what's next for him? Because I feel like he, I don't know, maybe he doesn't have to defend the title. Um, maybe he can just have storylines that allow Jimmy and Jay to be a small piece of it and he's still in the fold and then eventually once that gets settled then they move back to him or does somebody else come come searching for him because he's got him and solo that aren't there with nothing they're not you know so um storm i'll ask you man what what is next in that whole saga what do you want to see you know and here's the thing i've been doing this a long time promoting booking all the stuff that we do in this business and it's fun not knowing it's fun not seeing exactly where they're about to go with something that mm -hmm. right there makes me a fan the fact yeah. that i can just enjoy it for what it is now i know why you know roman people give roman hell because he's on a limited schedule the man's been battling leukemia he's in remission and they're going to make it easier on him so he doesn't have to break his immune system down he can train harder and recuperate I get that. And you want your money guy to be around a long time. They're doing the right thing by Roman and the storylines are phenomenal. Jimmy and Jay, I think they'll have a good series of matches before the bloodline reforms. There'll be some adversity coming. Survivor series is right around the corner. How do you not have the bloodline going to get somebody at survivor series? And by that time in three months, getting them back on track again. And I think this is what this next phase will lead into. It's yeah. something big at survivor series. I agree. I just think, the way that it sets up with Survivor Series and now the fact that they have brought back war games to an extent, like there could be like a big time battle with Jimmy, Jay, Roman, Solo against another group of four. I don't know if that's who that is, um, but sign me up for that. Like I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going to see that. So hopefully, you know, that whole bloodline reforms and restrengthens by that time and maybe they implode completely then and that's fine but i would like to at least see them in that match because i think it could be big time big time yeah. energy. i agree 100 mike what about you man what do you what do you think's next for roman i don't know man it's tough to call uh what is the next pay-per-view is it payback or or a backlash or something like that? I think it was payback. Payback. Payback, I think it's called. Yeah. I don't know. You don't go straight into Cody, I don't think. No, that's I, I think you're right. I think they wait that till that's a that's a WrestleMania big time event. Yeah, I, I think, you know, just like you said, so I think they're gonna they're gonna take it easy with Roman. They're probably gonna keep him in the storyline but not a main component he might help somebody win or lose and he might even tag up with some like with solo for a match but he's not going to be the main focus i don't think until shit i, I just don't think he's going to be a, a like the titles aren't going to be a, a point of contention as far as in a match probably until royal rumble which i think probably is why one. you got seth rollins in the world heavyweight title now yeah, so, I mean, having that extra belt helps. It protects Roman, and, and maybe that's the whole point of the belt is to give 
Roman the ability not to have to wrestle 350 days, you know, a year. Oh, yeah. um, but I think eventually after WrestleMania, I think he's going to probably take some time off, cool down because what will happen is, and, and you can probably give some insight to this, Mike and, and Storm, when you, when you heat up and then you leave for a while and you come back, that's usually a good thing, right? Yes. So I think it allows, so. It allows yeah. fans to not forget about you, but anticipate. To miss you. Yeah, to miss you and anticipate when are you coming back. Um, I'll ask you guys because I'm curious. Storm, what's up with Bray Wyatt? Like, what, like, everything that I read is like he's hurt or he's not coming back or like, I just, you know, I don't look, know. Mental illness is a real thing. We know people who suffer from it. Uh, you know, some of us may be suffering from it. We know we. it is a real thing that impacts everybody's lives. And Bray Wyatt has a lot of true demons that are not character-driven that, that he has to deal with. And that's been the biggest thing for him, I think, is that he just can't mentally stay in there right now. He's just he's he's been battling this for years, and just cannot seem to overcome it. And they're just it doesn't not help used when to your, it doesn't just, help when one of your brothers or your best friend passes away in the midst of all of this, and yep. you know, then you you come back and you're at you know one back to one of your highest levels and then you have a small injury and then you come back and then it's just it's it's to me and then you know a very like crazy storyline that could come out of it and i think they they've done a really good job in the past like giving you little cookies and kind of laying things on very slowly to get people to understand and buy into what they're trying to do with his character, but now like him not being out and there not being anything, it, it makes me wonder well, what, what is next or if there's anything. That's yeah, and, there, and there may not be anything left for him. Who knows? I mean, it's just, it, that's a, that's a, it's a terrible situation for him personally. It is because he's super talented guy, yeah. man. He just, I mean, he, he's super talented on the mic. I mean, uh, Every all aspects really, but um, just the gimmick and the, you know, and promos like the guy is is, he, but it's hard, I guess, to find something for him, you know, or or somebody for him, yeah. just because of his the way his character is. I think you have yeah. to wrestling is is a, is you know something where you have to suspend. I don't know, like suspend disbelief. Yeah, suspend your disbelief. Yeah, so like that's what makes it entertaining. But with a guy like Bray Wyatt, like you really have to go out there and suspend disbelief to a whole new level to understand like the these past type characters that he was trying to Right. But the fans were behind it all was the crazy thing. Yeah, that's and, and that's how good he was. Yeah, when you but and but it also comes down to booking because back then you gotta remember Vince was still at that time in charge of every single thing that these guys did, every word that was spoken, and all that. So they didn't have nearly the freedom. Like you, you remember Taker? That's a gimmick that never should have worked. Yeah. Undertaker is one gimmick that never should have worked. But yeah, because of who you had in there, 
and the freedom they had back then to be who they were and put themselves into that character, it was perfect. It was the perfect storm and it worked out great. Yep. And I think we lose some of that with these newer guys. And I think this is what Triple H is great at and getting back to. And that's why you see LA Knight succeeding where he almost failed. Because they were trying to pigeonhole him into one thing in NXT. And, and then when they finally let him be him, look what's happening to him now. They, have, the yeah. they, they brought him on the main roster as a male model. Fact, like that was crazy. Yeah. I didn't like that, that was either. So stupid. I was not a fan of that. No. I, I, I will say I loved the uh impact. I've I've mentioned impact wrestling a lot today. Sure. Impact wrestling, the the dummy. You guys remember that? Oh, and God, he, yeah. he had the fuck he had the he dummy great was was something special and I loved it. I thought it was great. They should bring back the dummy button and uh, the whole talk show and yeah. uh, <laughs> was, hey, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, um, let's wrap this thing up. Obviously, SummerSlam, we, we broke it down. We've, we've given the good, the bad, the ugly. We've given our thought on what we think might be next for a lot of these guys. Overall, we thought it was a great show. Um, look forward to whatever is next coming down. Um, but, Mike, I'll start with you, man. What do you want to plug or promote before we get up out of here? Man, we got so much good stuff coming on, uh, coming up. Uh, we got uh, the September Lewisburg deal. Uh, we've got uh, what else do we have? We have Bluff City Wrestling on TV every Saturday morning at eleven thirty on CW thirty. Right, Chad? That's it. Uh, there's a there's a there's a company in uh in out of Marion, Arkansas. I think they're one of the best companies in the, in the mids out. They are. I think uh, there's there's several there's there's about three or four good good promotions in Arkansas, in my opinion. Uh, mid mid uh mid south championship wrestling out of Osceola. They're every Friday night. That's somebody to check out, check into. Before you keep uh, going, let me help you out on the that first one so they can have the details. So it's at Lewisburg, Lewisburg, yes. but it's it's the bell time is three o'clock, Daniel, for Crossroads Wrestling and Bluff City Wrestling. Bluff City Wrestling, yep. Crossroads and Bluff City, we got uh. And, and Daniel, get this, Daniel. What gets better than free admission? It doesn't exactly it free free. So there's beer. no excuses. Huh. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. let me ask this: Are you guys going to be there? Well, he lives in Tampa, Florida, bro. Oh, I know. Are you going to be there? Oh, jeez. Do it. Mm. I dare you to take a sign that says Mike. Are you going to take a bump in the ring? I couldn't do that because he's my son's favorite wrestler. Are you going to take a bump in the ring one time? Come on, Tim. Do it for me. But how far away are you from Bradenton? I'm like, my my parents live in Palmetto, which is right near Bradenton. But I'm about 40 minutes from Bradenton. I'll see y'all September 19th. Let's go out in the ocean. Let's go. Let's I'll go. bring baby girl. Hey, let me let me have a picture with the fucking champ, dude. Let's, you, dude. let's go. You. Let's go. You know what? You the that picture better. We're just in the water, manhandling a shark while you got the the belt. High in the air, sun shining down on some bronze beauties. Man, like, let's go. Well, me and baby girl are coming. So, (laughs) 
Hold on, yeah, hold on, hold it. on. Mike, Mike, we're going to run into something because I was trying to see what I actually had September 9th. September 9th, I'll be at LSU Grambling, but that's not the point. Sunday, I'll be at the Saints-Titans. How are you going to be at the Saints-Titans if you wrestling? I'm going Saints-Titans game. So you're going to leave after the wrestling match that, that night? How you? You just saw what Lo- You just saw what Logan Paul did. He ain't got a private really? jet. Reels ain't got a private jet. I'm going to Saints-Titans game. No, you ain't. You just got caught in a lie. I'm going Saints Titans game. Mm. I'll be there. That's, it's at noon. That's why he hasn't gone to a pro game yet because it's at noon. That's he, a little overbooks himself. Dude, it's at noon. You have to leave that night because the only way you make it noon the next day, you'd have to leave about three a.m. because it's a five and a half hour drive. On top of the fact you have to be able to get into the city and get near the dome and park. Yeah, you I ain't. I know this. I said he's leaving Lewisburg at six oh one. I know this. He'll be All right. There. All right, Big Daddy Storm, what you got, man? Plug and promote. It's really the same thing. Bluff City Wrestling, CW30, Saturday mornings at 1130. Plus, we got OWO down here in, well, I don't even know what you call it, the asshole of Mississippi. I don't know, somewhere around there, but it's everywhere down there. <laughs> little inbred rednecks down there. You got MIW, Middleton, Tennessee, APW, where Mike's talking about the best um, – the best wrestling company in Arkansas. They're great, man. They got uh, Fred Dosser coming. Uh, that's uh, Darren Young. You remember Titus O'Neil, Darren Young? Yep. Yep. All right, Ross so, uh, so Darren uh, Young, is the, he's the head trainer at uh, New Japan in, uh, out of California. He's going to be in uh, in Marianne, Arkansas, November the 4th. He's actually doing a seminar. So uh, I think guys got to be trained by at least one year to enter the seminar. You know, you gotta have at least a year under your belt if you wanna if you wanna uh do do the show. So but uh I have to I have to we got some cool stuff coming in the area, man. Cool it's stuff, hard to plug all Daniel, this. I'll fake your paperwork so you can get in there, bro. Nice, nice. I, it would show quickly, like you <laughs> <laughs> would go in there and say, All right, how about an arm bar? That would be like we got so many good shows around here, though. Like like Chad was saying, the, the MIW in Milton, I mean, Bluff City at Wrestling in Memphis. You got APW in Arkansas. There's another show in Little Rock uh, called – it's Vino's. They uh, they got a show coming up. It's a, it's a little bar. It's a pizza shop. Cool, cool experience, cool time. And there are uh, Crossroads brand we're building yet. So. Crossroads Wrestling. You know, Jim's going to be there. Oh. Jim, anything before we get out of here? No, man. Just appreciate our guest uh, doing this on short notice since, uh, you know, DJ had to reschedule. And so appreciate these guys coming on. And, man, obviously making your night. You've been you've been wanting this. You've been wanting to talk wrestling. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to to take care of that end for you. So these guys showed up and, and did it with you. No, before we go, man, I got to go back to one thing. Oh, oh, we don't want to hear about yeah. Brock Lesnar, dude. I'm trying he to go said, to no, no. He said we can't mention Chris Benoit anymore. You got the Ric Flair entry on the Rumble wrong. Let's let's go back. Why do you guys think we haven't seen a number one enter come in at the Royal Rumble and win since Chris Benoit? Why is that in wrestling it? Because people why don't want to bring that up. Why is it not happening though? Why would you if you erase the guy? Why would you not want somebody to go on and, and do that? And, you know, there's been a couple guys really close. There's one last year. I think you mentioned it. Was it Gunther? 
Very close. I, that's the only thing that was on my mind when Gunther was in the in the ring at the end of the uh, at the end of the match. They're not going to mention that, but I, it was on my brain. It was like, is he gonna is he gonna win? Is he gonna win? This, well, this since, we're, since we're going back, uh, the you know, rest in peace, greatest wrestler of all time. Since the question wasn't asked to me, was clearly Kurt Henning, Mister Perfect. Okay, just I just want to end the episode with that. Kurt Henning. He wasn't oh, the greatest. Throw the towel, baby, and throw the towel. Yeah, he was yeah, perfect. yeah, yeah. That was a perfect spiral. Yes, yeah. the <laughs> only golfer <laughs> in history to hit eighteen holes in one in, in one round. Mister Perfect would throw a perfect spiral and catch it himself. That's it. It don't get no better than that. All right, guys, let's get out of here. Mike, the king of reels, appreciate you, man. Big Daddy Storm, you. appreciate you, man. I wish y'all the best of luck, everybody. Saturday. You got to check it out. Go over to CW30 Saturday morning. You'll see. Subscribe Mike. to the YouTube, oh, man. Hopefully. Go check the YouTube out. Hopefully we see him with a belt. We already know Big Daddy Storm's got the belt. We got a couple of champs we're blessed to have. We wish y'all nothing but the best. And hopefully, you know, whenever you guys want to talk wrestling, let me know. Like, we don't have to have Jim here. We, we could just. <laughs> Dude, all you have to do is set it up and reach out. We're ready to talk. Oh, I'm gonna see Jim in New Orleans when the Titans put a whooping on them boys. Uh, if they, if, I'm gonna tell you right now, if the Titans beat the Saints, me and you wrestling. <laughs> All right. Well, you remember that ankle lock when I was 16? Okay, I was fighting cancer at the time, homie. <laughs> oh, um, you went, you went there. You almost beat up a little kid. Do I? Do I tell a lie? Do I? You almost, you almost. You were 18 years old. You almost beat up a little kid. You were 18 years old. I, was uh, I, think were, I think you were 14. <laughs> I was not 14, but I was 18. The, the, the cancer treatment, he, he, he wasn't thinking clearly, obviously. He's over there fighting kids. No, Mike, I was actually the, coaching little Mikey, baseball. Little was, Mikey reels at that look, point. Look, I was coaching baseball, and he just puts me in a leg lock for no reason. And the only reason he did it is because he sucked at baseball, so he was trying to get good at something. <laughs> yeah. No, I hated baseball. I didn't want to play. Hey, Daniel, we talk about when friends play things because of their friends. Mike is that guy. All his friends were on the team, so that man signed up. Yes. I can respect that. But all this this nonsense that's being spewed, Mike, please get him in the ring. We will. You'll see the the old school ankle lock. Daniel, I'm I'm going to make sure to get the picture of this. this I'll draw breaking news. I got something else I got to worry about right now because I was running my mouth on Facebook while y'all were sitting there talking about stuff I didn't know about. Anyway, I might be in the ring or in the octagon um, at uh, Attitude uh, Fights on uh, September 6th, no, August 16th, whatever. Anyway, I said they need somebody in the 265 division. It's pro, too. I said – you know what? Put me in there, Scotty. I don't even care who it is. You should care. All right, Reels, we're going. Well, son. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Let's put a bow on it. Mike, Big Daddy Storm, appreciate you guys. Wish y'all nothing but the best. If you like hearing Mike Reels' story or you like hearing Big Daddy Storm's story, you know what to do. Like, share the podcast on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, likes, hugs, loves, we'll take it all. Even some of the bad stuff because Jim will fight you on Twitter and apparently he'll get in the octagon these days. So there's that. We'll see everybody on Wednesday. we got episode 10. We're going to be talking LSU football. We're going to be talking NFL football. we got 
defensive back and former Colts and Falcons football star Jalen Collins joining us. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.